Forensic science looks at clues in the present to tell us about something that happened in the past. So how far back can we go? Can forensic science actually shed light on the biblical account of creation? Today, we're talking to the Sherlock Holmes of Answers in Genesis forensic expert, Dr. Jennifer Hall Rivera, who earned a degree in criminal justice and worked on a crime scene unit in South Florida. And as a forensic expert, she says, yes, forensics can tell us about creation. The book of Revelation actually refers to Jesus Christ twice as the faithful witness and the true witness. So, you know, when it comes to God's word, we have the only perfect eyewitness, right? Jesus Christ. That's what God gives us is the video surveillance of what happened. His word is true. And so this is the authority over uh, whatever we deduce. God's word says, I didn't create a tree of life. I created an orchard of life. God says 10 times in Genesis chapter one that he created everything according to its kind. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Hey, if you're new to the Creation Today Show, welcome. We are on a mission to disciple the world one person at a time, and right now, that person is you. There are a lot of stumbling blocks out there that keep people from seeing Jesus as the creator and the redeemer of mankind. And we want to help turn those into stepping stones on your path to an unshakable faith. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, or one of our partner television stations, thank you for peeking into the Creation Today community. You can always support what we do by coming over to creationtoday.org. All right, guys, we really do have an awesome guest today. Not only is Dr. Jennifer Hall Rivera the Sherlock Holmes of Answers in Genesis, she is actively teaching others how to do forensic research as an educator through Answers in Genesis. Dr. Rivera, welcome to the Creation Today Show. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Eric. I'm excited to be here today and, and talk about a subject I have to say I'm very passionate about, and that is forensic science. Well, I find it fascinating because it's, it's interesting how far we've come in forensic science and what we can learn about the past now from the present. I think it's it's kind of mind-boggling where we're at, and if you ask me, and I'm looking forward to learning that from you. As we talk about forensics, obviously, um, I'm wondering to all the viewers out there, how, how many hours of your life have you spent watching crime scene dramas? I mean, seriously, how many of us, have, raise our hands, how many of us has done this, okay? We've spent a lot of time. Uh, for those of you watching, I got an idea right now, why don't you write in the comments as many crime scene dramas as you can remember, how many of you watched, and while you're doing that, Dr. Rivera, if you're up for a little competition, oh, sure. I thought we'd go back and forth and see if you're really a crime scene expert based on how many TV shows you might know. Who knows the most? What do you think? You think you can beat me? I think so. <laughs> Let's find out here. Okay, only but a goodie for me. I watched this growing up, Columbo. I loved Columbo growing yes. up. Um, Forensic Files, one of my favorites. Let me go back old school to my high school days. Perry Mason. Oh, love Perry Mason. Uh, I would say CSI, which was really responsible for the forensic phenomenon that we experience today. <laughs> okay, well, if you're going to CSI, I'll go with NCIS then, okay? I mean, both look kind of cool. Uh, cold case files. Bones. Uh, 48 hours. Unsolved mysteries. Oh. 
one of my favorite, Cold Justice. Ooh. Uh, we can count 2020, right? 2020 counts yeah, as an investigative show, yeah. Uh, how about FBI files? Well, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> can you think of more? Uh, America's Most Wanted. Oh, I should have got that one. Yes, very good I think show. Think I'm out. Any more? Uh, maybe Dateline. Okay, all right, you win. That's it. You're the expert. I'm going to yield to you, okay? Uh, well, you've, you've moved from the field of forensic science into being an educator of forensic science. Can you share a little bit about that background and how you discovered that forensics could be such a good tool to look all the way back to the creation account? Well, yeah, I'm just so thankful. You know, my father was a forensic expert as well. Uh, and so I was raised with a, you know, father who believed in the biblical authority of God's word and clearly showed me growing up how forensic science testifies to that specifically. He was a fingerprint expert. That was my specialty in the crime scene unit. So I kind of grew up with that foundation. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, so then as God just called me out of action, you know, active crime scene work into education, I was in the you know, traditional five-day science classroom for quite some time. And then I taught in a hybrid academy uh, before coming to Answers uh, in Genesis. And you know, God just called me here one day. He just said, there's just all kinds of really cool educational programs you could do up there and literally uh, mailed an application up here when there was no position posted and got a phone call. So God brought me here and it's just so exciting to, to now we offer forensic science labs here for students. We have forensic science adult programs on the weekend where they get to come solve a case and kids programs. And I do daily workshops here at the Creation Museum. So you know, it's just, it's really a testimony to God and how awesome he is. And he, you know, the Bible says he knows the desire of your heart. So I, I still get to use everything I love about forensic science, but now I get to, you know, include God, the father and the creator of everything that we see and how we incorporate and clearly see that science confirms the Bible and specifically in forensic science. Who wants to be a kid right now and take these classes? I do. Oh, my goodness. It seems like that would be like the most. This is way better than trying to memorize dates. OK, this is. Better oh, yes. Like, this, is, this is good stuff here. I would love this. Yes, it's, it's one of our most popular programs. Our forensic science camp we have in the summer actually is five days long. And I teach the kids about 15 different disciplines. And then on the last day, they do nothing but solve a case and go to crime scenes. And it is a lot of fun. Okay, so my mind is going, we need to do another on location creation today show. Is, there you is go. any of the AIG <laughs> video crew, are they actually producing a show out of this with you or not yet? Not yet. Oh, not yet. all but right, Ben, I'm coming after it, baby. On. I'll pass that I, I want that. Yes, yeah. that will, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the little video that I did, Night at the Discovery, or Night at the Creation Museum, Night at the Ark Encounter, I'm like, this place is ripe for, especially like that, a kids' television show. <laughs> going through learning this stuff. Oh man, it would be, it would be so cool. Yeah. That's a great idea. Can you help us understand the difference between science and forensic science or what, like, like just start there. And then like, I guess just do what you do teach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the word science means knowledge. Uh, and so we do use science in forensic science, but I think where a lot of people get confused or don't understand is that forensic science is not what we call observational science. So it's important that we kind of set the foundation and talk about, well, what is the difference between those two types of science? So I'm just going to share uh, my screen with you very quickly here. 
By the way, while you're while you're getting your slides up, guys, uh, you really ought to check out. Uh, she does great writing, and it's available. Her, her blogs are available for free right there at AnswersInGenesis.com or .org. Uh, so make sure you check those out. She's got some incredible stuff on there that you'll really, really enjoy. Yeah, I always like to start with scripture. I think my favorite verse when we talk about, especially forensic science, is greater the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. And when we look at forensic science, you know, there's actually like 20 different disciplines that fall under uh, that umbrella that we call forensic science. So you could pretty much put that word forensic in front of any scientific discipline and there's an expert. So there's forensic geologists, you know, there's forensic biologists, forensic anthropologists, forensic chemists, forensic mineralogists, uh, forensic paleontologists. So this is not all encompassing of, of the over 20 disciplines where someone can kind of be an expert in this field. Uh, so that scripture clearly says, greater the works of the Lord, right? Every single one of these areas gives honor and glory to the creator God. He is the creator of everything. He created the processes that we use in forensic science, you know, to end investigation. And if we were going to define forensic science, we say it applies current observational methods to historical events. In the very definition of forensic science, we have the two types of science addressed here, and that is observational and historical. So when we look at observational science, sometimes called operational science, this is what we most closely associate with science. So if I were to ask you, Eric, to describe, you know, what you imagine when I say the word science, you know, what do you think of? Beakers, um, chemicals, bubbling stuff. Uh, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I could think of when I think of science. Yeah, you yes. think of like the scientific method, right? We, we, yes. think we create a hypothesis, we design experiment, we run that experiment, and we can repeat it. That's what's most important with observational science. And of course, the scientific method is only possible because we have a God who created an orderly universe so that we can make expectations and predictions and we can test those. If we didn't have an orderly universe, we could, the scientific method wouldn't even be possible. And we use observational science and forensics. But here's the thing that's important to understand. When I used to go to crime scenes, did I see that crime occur? No. I wasn't there. So I'm arriving onto an event that is now in the past. So as we say, it's unobservable in its original form. So just forensic science can very much be compared to, um, you know, we would look at fossils from the past where no one was there to date that fossil. No one was there to record the process, the time it took to fossilize. We're looking at evidence that's unobservable, something that, you know, we can't possibly go back in time and record actual events. So we're looking at evidence from the past. And the same thing happens in crime scene work. When I go to a crime scene, I'm now looking at event that's unobservable in its original form. So because of that, there's going to be interpretation right? We're going to have some assumptions made about what have occurred. So once again, observational science, we're using the scientific method. We can use our five senses, you know, we can taste it, smell it, touch it, hear it. We can record the information and we can verify that information. But that, you know, and we do use that in forensic science. So an example is like fingerprint analysis. I'll go dust for fingerprints and, and hopefully we find one and we can run it through a biometric database. We'll use biological samples and if we get enough information there, we can actually create what's called a DNA fingerprint uh, and match that back to one individual. We do use impression evidence because you know every shoe print's unique to each individual. No two individuals walk the same. The wear and tear on the bottom of your shoes is unlike anyone else God has created. That goes down to individual 
tires on cars as well. They all fall under this, each unique to the location of the tire on a car. So that we call impression evidence, and we do use that. And we also use hair analysis. And, and what I think is really cool about hair analysis is I can find a single piece of hair at a crime scene. I can know right away whether it is a human or whether it is from an animal. And then I can also tell you which animal kind it came from. Because under the microscope, the cat kind looks distinctly different from the dog kind, which looks different from the primate kind and different from the rabbit kind. So we can go into a home and say, there was, you know, there was a pet here, right? There's a certain animal, definitely kind, uh, just based on that pattern characteristic that we see under the microscope. So we gather all this observational science, but then we have to take all that and we have to apply it to something we did not see. And so a good example of historical science is the Lucy fossil, right? The infamous Lucy fossil where no one was there to observe in its original form. You only have a fraction of all the evidence. You have like 47 of the 206 bones needed for identification and the hand and foot bones are missing here. You know, but based on that scientist's starting point and, and based on their worldview, they're going to come to two different conclusions, you know, about what this organism looked like when it was alive. Uh, and of course, we have more supporting evidence for this fossil now that clearly shows us she is nothing more than an extinct primate, uh, which is how we have her portrayed here at the Croatian Museum. And we actually might be the only museum in the world that has Lucy yeah. portrayed correctly um, as a primate, because clearly, according to God's word, we know only humans are made in his image. We're the only ones who walk upright. We can see foot tracks. We know right away they're human because of the stride that we have. Lucy is nothing more than a primate. And so when we have forensic evidence from the past, right, and we now present that in court, we're presenting that evidence to people who did not see the crime, aren't we, right? It's unobservable in its original form. And even though, you know, they may try to take that, that jury out to the crime scene, they do that out to the original crime scene to kind of get a feel for what may have happened. Sometimes they'll actually recreate that crime scene in the court, uh, with the original evidence, you know, trying to give them an idea of what occurred here. But did they really see it? No, no. right, they didn't. And so this is why, you know, you'll present the same evidence to a jury, but because it's unobservable, it's original form, you know, you're going to get two different conclusions, right, because of their worldview, and their starting point, and their assumptions. And really what's important here is their bias, isn't it? Because we all have bias. Every scientist has some type of bias uh, going into any type of investigation or any type of experimentation that directly influences the results that we see and how we interpret those. So as you can see, forensic science is very much a historical science. It is distinctly different from what we say exclusively observational we're going to use observational science, of course, but then everything has to get applied to an event that we did not see. And so this is why you can get detectives disagreeing, even forensic investigators disagreeing about evidence, because it's fundamentally unobservable in its original form. Well, I, I can tell you this. I would not want to be a kid playing the game Clue with you, if you can tell the difference. Between I usually win that game, I must say. <laughs> like, seriously, who, your poor children, man. No, no, mom, I don't want to play that game, okay? <laughs> But um, I go, this, this absolutely, all of this applies directly to understanding the truth of what happened in the past. 
we've got a book, we've got revelation, but we've got all these clues that we can use. So what a, what, what, there's not a better type of science to look at the past than the way you're doing it. Right. And what I think is, you know, what we do rely on is maybe someone who did see an event, right? So what do we do? We're going to talk to eyewitnesses, right? We're going to go out and say, hey, you did observe it. So kind of describe what that suspect looked like. And here, you know, here's the thing when we look at human eyewitness testimony is that I can have, I can interview 10 people who, let's say, saw a hit and run accident. And you say, hey, what was the make and model of the car? What that suspect looked like? What were they wearing? You're going to get 10 different descriptions. Wow. Because wow. our God didn't create our minds to take a photograph of an event. So you, you can't recall a still image with all that detail. And actually doing like, kind of like an experiment here at the Creation Museum. I have a program where I give everyone a video that they watch. And then I ask them questions about what happened. And then they have a still picture that they look at. And they're actually much better at recalling the information on the still picture because it's not moving, right? But when we watch an event or let's imagine see a crime, you're influenced by the lighting, the environment, the stress you're under, you know, all that is going to distort your perception of what someone looks like or what kind of car they were driving. So really eyewitness testimony, though valuable, can also be unreliable. So there's been people who've actually challenged and said, well, how can we trust the Bible then, right? You're telling me man wrote down God's word, but man is flawed, right? Our memory is not perfect. We don't recall things accurately, but here's what's so cool. You know, in the, in the Bible, you know, science always confirms the Bible and, uh, you know, the book of Revelation actually refers to Jesus Christ twice as the faithful witness and the true witness. So, you know, when it comes to God's word, we have the only perfect eyewitness, right? Jesus Christ. He's there at creation, performs creation. He inspires man to write down the exact word he wants us to know in his perfect word. And we can trust God's word from the very first verse because we have the only perfect eyewitness to history. Uh, so I think that's what's so amazing is when it comes to the truth of the Bible, we have the only truth, right? We can stand on that authority because it's inspired by the word of God and we can trust everything in the Bible. I've often used the analogy that, you know, when we're looking at, when we're looking at this world and trying to figure out, okay, what happened, who made it? It's like going, it's like a detective going to a crime scene, going, okay, what happened? And if, if we were on a crime scene and there was video surveillance, we could watch that. And now all the clues that we've discovered would fit in place. We could see exactly what happened. And it's kind of like what, not kind of, that's what God gives us is the video surveillance of what happened. His word is true. And so this is the authority over uh, whatever we deduce from from this world. Is that a good? Is am I am I putting that as the right analogy there? It, yeah, and and even though if we look at Genesis and we get the account of the global flood, uh, you know we can say, well, that's in the past; it's unobservable. But do we see things on the earth today that is observational? that clearly confirms what we see in the Bible. And yes, there is, right? We have fossil evidence all over the entire earth. We have seashells and marine fossils up on Mount Everest. You know, we have clear evidence in the layers that are continuous across all the different continents that there was a global event in the past, just as the Bible describes, and that the fossils were clearly a result of that event. And they confirm exactly what God's word says, you know, so even though it's in the past and observable, we have a perfect eyewitness, and then we can still see things today that directly confirm what we read in scripture. I love that it does that. I love that it just, it comes together perfectly. I mean, it's not, not to say that there's 
we don't have any more questions, but it's like, wow, everything we've discovered and the more science learns, genetics and all paleontology and uh, astronomy, everything keeps coming together to, wow, it's, it's true. God's word is true. And I love this graphic we use here at Answers in Genesis because you know, there's two foundations and there is only two. There's either God's perfect word or there's anything else, I like to say. Anything else that doesn't align with scripture uh, is man's secular worldview or imperfect word. And, and I love this because it clearly shows that man's word is on shifting sand, right? It's just changing wow. all the time. But God's word is the rock, right? And it's firm and it's a solid foundation and we can trust what it says. And if we use that as our starting point, um, you know, as we view the world and as we study science, uh, we clearly see it all directly confirms it. I always encourage kids, especially those in high school, you know, some may have said, I'm just worried about going into science because, you know, I'm worried about all the, you know, the secularism I'm going to face in college. And I was like, you don't need to worry at all because we stand on the truth of God's word, right? We don't need to be ashamed uh, and you don't need to be fearful about it. Uh, because especially when you look at forensic science, every single discipline confirms what God's word says. And there's just so much opportunity there. And we desperately need that next generation uh, to rise up and, and choose to be a scientist who stands on the authority of the Bible. That is so powerful. Uh, William in the chat just said, Jesus, the faithful witness and the true witness. That's very helpful. And it is. And if if that is who is alive in us, yes, High school students, go into the sciences. Mm -hmm. It's okay to learn the material, but make sure your thinking is solidly on the word of God so that you're not led astray with, with philosophy and vain deceit with the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So let's make sure we're doing that. But I agree, we need more young people. I was just, I saw you at the uh, the International Conference on Creation, International Creation Conference a couple of months ago. And they were begging young people. They're like, look, we can, we're doing good, but we need more people coming in and taking over some of this research that's been done. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. And I always like to stress this too, especially in forensic science is, you know, often people, especially kids who go into forensic science and they think, oh, I, I'm a good person who's going to go arrest the bad people. But you know, the Bible is clear that no one is good, right? No one is righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.10 tells us that. So are we good? No, right? We're just simple people arresting other sinful people. And I think it's very humbling when you realize as a forensic investigator that you're no better in the eyes of a perfect God sure. than the criminals you're investigating, right? And arresting. Like in the eyes of God, we're equal. But because we have a righteous God, knowing that sin was going to enter his perfect creation, it was not his original design. I always like to say forensic science only exists because we sin. If we had <laughs> That's sin, true. We wouldn't need it, right? Because there would That's be. That's so sin. true. But, you know, God in his wisdom and foresight allowed for those systems of justice to be in place, right? To bring justice to those who do violate his commands, uh, but still recognizing we are all equal, though. Know, you know, we are sinners um, in the eyes of God, all in need of a savior, um, regardless of what role you play in that. So, mm -hmm. so how has forensic science helped you confirm the Bible or, or, support that yes this is true i i want you to keep going where you're where you're going but i'm i got this thought that's next it's like okay now how does it work <laughs> yeah so i have several examples of how uh, that i love to especially teach our students uh and i give my presentations here that you know clearly show that forensic science 
uh, you know, confirms the Bible. And, and one of the ways I did that uh, was in a, the textbook I recently published that was on, uh, that's the first forensic science textbook from a biblical worldview. Um, and I go through 34 chapters of all the different disciplines of forensic science uh, and how it clearly shows that in each discipline, regardless, you know, like I said, if it's DNA, whether it's trace analysis and hair and fur samples, whether it's in human gait and the way we walk, whether it's fingerprints, right? Between human fingerprints and, and primate fingerprints. I would say fingerprints are probably one of the most, uh, evolutionists like to use that because they like to say, well, see, primates have friction rich skin and they have unique fingerprints. Some people don't realize that, but they do. In fact, God gave them 10 unique fingerprints. All their digits are different. Their digit prints are different from their toe prints. So they have 20 unique gifts, just like humans do with no two primates having the same fingerprints, you know, since creation. So it's kind of mind boggling when you think about that. And so evolutionists like to say, see, there's, there's evidence we've descended from a common ancestor, but that is just not the case. Uh, you can clearly tell the difference between primate and human fingerprints. Uh, and primates aren't the only animals that have friction skin and fingerprints. Possums have friction ridges, fingerprints, koalas, uh, fisher weasels. We see it in um, the tree kangaroo. What we find is a lot of these animals that God gave friction skin and fingerprints actually are arboreal. They live in trees. So, you know, it's called friction skin because that's exactly what it does is it provides traction between your skin and, and what you're holding or your feet when you're walking barefoot or climbing, you know, having that gives you a non-slip surface. And so we shouldn't be surprised that we see that design in, in the animals that do live in trees who do grab their food or primates who swing from trees. Uh, God gave them that non-slip surface and he gave them unique identity. But obviously, I always like to teach kids, you know, the one thing you can tell is the primates, their, their ridges are thinner. They're not as dense. So they have, they have about 22 ridges per centimeter, whereas humans have about 11. Uh, so that's about half because our ridges are thicker. So that's one of the primary differences that we do see between human and, and primate friction ridge skin. Uh, but as I go through each of these disciplines, I'm always pointing back to the truth of God's word, right? We are human. We are made the image of God. We are image bearers. And even when we look at the little details who make up friction skin, we find in humans, we have the highest level of complexity, the highest level of diversity in those characteristics, which we should expect, right? As you know, God's the, the pinnacle of God's creation and given dominion over his earth. So you're almost looking at it like, okay, if, if this is true, if this, if this worldview is correct, does the evidence fit it? And it fits it. It does. Yep. The evidence clearly. And I always tell the kids, you know, especially, I think it's important to realize is we don't need evidence to prove the Bible's true. You know, cause forensic science is so much about the evidence, but when right. it comes to God's word, we don't need evidence. If the creator of the universe says, this is my word and it is true, which right. the Bible tells us over and over again, right? It's the inspired word of God. Do we need evidence? We don't, right? That comes down to trusting and having faith that what God's told us is, is true. Uh, but what we do see is direct confirmation. So in every single discipline of forensic science, you have direct confirmation of what God's word tells us. So geology would confirm it. Biology would confirm it. Astronomy would confirm mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. what, can have the... <laughs> what I've really been talking about lately is anthropology. Because if I go to a crime scene and I see a skeleton, what do you think the first thing I'm going to want to figure out, Eric? If I see a skeleton, what's the first question I'm going to ask? Uh, okay. You're on a crime scene. I, for me, I'm thinking, is it a, 
is it a human or is it an animal so that I can know, you know, is how bad is this? That's right. And we can see definite differences between human and animal. And then what is the next question? Like if you want to identify it, what would you do? Um, I'd be looking at the structure. Part of me goes, is it male or female? But it is it. I was like, in today's culture, you're not allowed to ask that question. So, uh, so the first thing you're going to do is say, is it a male or female? Right. That's that's the first. And you can look at a skeleton, whether it's the skull and obviously the pelvis. God designed the pelvis very differently because women can give childbirth. There's a distinct anatomical clear difference that you can look at a skeleton and you know right away whether it is male and whether it is a female. Right. And that directly that news needs to get out to a whole lot of people in our culture. Oh, today. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's just you can't change your skeletal structure. You can't change what God designed you to be. Uh, you can't change what he knit you together in the womb. You know, he chose that gender for you to reflect his glory. Uh, and so that's just another one of the examples where we can clearly look at forensic science and see how it directly confirms God's word. That's cool. Okay. I want to, I want to hit on some more of these here in just a minute in the second half of the show before I do that. Uh, Facebook and social media. I hate this. I got to let you guys go right now. I want to thank you guys for peeking into the Creation Today community for this conversation. Like I said, we're just a group of people being discipled through weekly conversations so that we can be what God has called us to be. If you want to join us or join the rest of the conversation, come on over to creationtoday.org. Before you go, two things for you. Number one, forensic science can also tell us about the gospel. Jesus Christ really rose from the dead. It's true. What you need to do if you've never repented and trusted in Christ is you need to believe that. You need to understand that. And so I've got a free gift for you. You can go to creationtoday.org slash gift, G-I-F-T, creationtoday.org slash gift, and learn more about your need for salvation. It's so clearly laid out there. And then the second thing, I want you guys to get in touch with Dr. Rivera and her teachings. So you can go to answersingenesis.org or .com and check up her blogs out there. She's got several books that are available uh, already on Amazon or at Answers in Genesis. Dr. Rivera, what is the um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with, with you and your work? Probably to uh, follow me on Facebook and message me through there. I do respond to those all the time. I just got on Instagram, uh, so I am on there as well, but uh, I do receive messages through Facebook quite often. So uh, that's probably the best way uh, to get in touch with me. And they would just look up your your name right there on, on Facebook and on Instagram. Yes, it's just it. Dr. Jennifer Hall Rivera, and you'll see my picture right when it comes up. It's a public page, so you just follow me on there, and then you can message me right there. <laughs> and then your resources, literally, kids can start taking your forensic science homeschool curriculum, right? Yes, so this is the picture of the actual book that's out now. It is, like I said, yes. it's only textbook that's out there written from a biblical worldview. It is recommended for high school age, uh, just because some of the material, uh, but it is written, uh, you know, I would say it's clearly showing that science confirms the Bible. And the first two chapters set that foundation of what is science, how God is the author and designer of knowledge, and how we have to start with God's word to truly study science, and then going into, uh, before it actually dives into all the different disciplines. And each chapter starts with a case study. Uh, so you can actually look at some of the most famous cases that are out there and learn about the evidence you're about to study. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, so we've hit Lucy, and you've got fingerprints of apes and humans, and you got some more you want to talk about that will actually take us to the forensic science showing that it confirms or or is uh, gives gives uh, is consistent with the Word of God, what it teaches. Yes. 
Okay, I want to go into that social media. I got to let you go. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you next week. I'm loving the conversations that we're having here. Next week, oh my goodness, big subject, transhumanism. Scary stuff. You're going to want to listen to this, okay? Uh, Crazy stuff going on in the world right now. This is really scary as well. So thank you guys for joining me. Look forward to seeing you next week.